You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri, that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. No one talks to you more than you do. Have you stopped and thought about that? How many times do you catch yourself talking to yourself? Not even necessarily out loud. Out loud, it's okay. It's okay. Yes, there's several of us. There's several of us. But that voice inside us that's constantly talking to us, So Paul Tripp goes on to say there is a difference between merely reminding ourselves of truth and preaching to ourselves the truth of the gospel. Preaching to ourselves the truth of the gospel is self-consciously and intentionally reminding ourselves of the person and presence and provisions of our Redeemer. So I don't know about you, but more times than not, that voice that I'm listening to, to myself too often is not reminding me of the gospel. It's telling me that I was an idiot. It's telling me that, man, I blew that. It's telling me that, oh, I I got it more together than that person. It's telling me that, fill in the blank. In our passage today, Paul is instructing Titus to remind the church at Crete, to remind them again of everything he's laid out in the first two chapters. You guys remember the theme woven through the book of Titus as we've traveled through this. We've had some breaks, but there's a constant theme that we've seen throughout the book. And it has to do with our behavior. Anybody remember it? We behave how we believe. So our choices, our actions, our words, what we do is directly related to, directly influenced by what we believe. And so Paul is telling Titus in this third chapter, the beginning of this third chapter, to remind them and us, remind the Cretans, remind the church, this island of Crete, to do good works. Reminding them of what some of those good works are. And remind them that it is only the transforming power of the gospel in them that allows them to do anything good. And this letter is to us today as well. Spanning the gaps of time from the ancient biblical world to today, to New Life Church, Anderson, Missouri, to each person sitting here today. To remind us that we behave how we believe. To remind us to do good works. To remind us what some of those good works are. To remind us that we can only accomplish those good works because of the gospel transforming us on the inside. And you think, well, this is a short letter. Why would he need to remind them already in chapter 3? I mean, the first two chapters, it's not even like they were long chapters. It's not like they had 50 or 60 verses as some chapters in the Bible. They were short. This is a short letter. It's in case they didn't get it. It's in case they slept. It's in case they're as forgetful as we are. It's in, it's in case they needed to be reminded or 
in case their memory needs to be jogged. It's a good tap on the head. If we forget what we believe, how will we be behaving? And so I believe that we as Christians, we have memory loss. We have memory loss of the gospel and sometimes, unfortunately, on a daily basis. And, and a reminder in case you're here and you're saying, what is this gospel thing this guy's talking about and you're not familiar with this? The gospel is Jesus Christ being who he says he is. It's about us being sinners and separated from him. It is about him initiating and coming to earth, being born as a man like what he created, humbling himself from God to man, to his creation, to come and pay the price on the cross for our sin. Not because we did anything good. Not because we deserved it. Not because we were starting to do good things. So he's like, well, they're really trying, so I'll come down. No, it's, it's why we were all still sinners, he came. As it says in Romans 5.8. Our part is truly only to surrender to him. It's that simple and that hard. It's to surrender to him, to let go of our pride, to let go of the desire to be on the throne of our own hearts and our own lives. And because of his work on the cross, because of him paying that sacrifice once and for all for all of our sins, conquering death, rising again, and it's that continuation of that grace in our lives going forward, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, about grace being what saves us, trains us, redeems us, and cleans us. So each morning when we start to roll out of bed and, and the alarm's going off or, or the roosters are crowing or however it is that you start to come into cognition of, of the day unfolding, if it's a kid jumping on your stomach or, or whatever it is, what is your first thought? Is it, uh, and your to-do list starts scrolling through your head? Is it grabbing the phone to see what notifications you missed? Or is it the gospel? Is it what a beautiful name his is? What a powerful name it is. If you're not sure, ask those closest to you how you behaved that day. They can let you know what your first thought was by how you responded to them, what you said to them, and what you chose to do. So if you haven't already, turn to chapter 3 of Titus. We're going to be looking at the first seven verses. Titus 3, verses 1 through 7. Here Paul says, Remind them, them being the church in Crete, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to slander no one, to avoid fighting, and to be kind, always showing gentleness to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by various passions and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, detesting one another. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, 
He saved us. Not by works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy. Through the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit, he poured out his Spirit on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we may become heirs with the hope of eternal life. Guys, that's the good news right there. That's the gospel. And Paul's saying, remind them. We've talked about this. We've spelled it out. We talked through the uh, qualifications of an elder. We talked about why I know Paul, who knows he's a bondservant of Christ and, and how he knows that. We've, we've talked to how to ace the false teacher's pop quiz and, and watching out for false teachings and, and things like that. We've covered all of these things. And Paul covered those things through Titus many, many years ago. And today he's saying, remind them. Remind them. And, and gives us some reminders of good works to do. And he says, this is why. God, our Savior, his love for mankind, appeared. He saved us. So verses 1 and 2, we're just going to kind of break this down a little bit more here. We're not going to need to spend a lot of time on it this morning. This morning's more of a reminder, a refresher. Okay? Verses 1 and 2, Paul says to remind them. And then he lists out those positive behaviors. Now, remember, when Scripture repeats something, it's not a typo. It's because God is wanting that emphasized. He's wanting to say, hey, no, this is really important. Because again, we'll go to sleep tonight and we'll wake up in the morning. And we'll be like, huh? Kid, dog, rooster, work, notifications on the phone. Wait a minute, gospel. That'll be us. So Paul is saying, remind them. Remind them, preach these things to yourself. To obey rulers and authorities. He covered that when we talked about slavery, didn't he? To be obedient, to do good works. Don't gossip or fight. Be gentle, be courteous to all people. See, the key to this is humility. The key to being able to do these things and putting others above yourself is, is an understanding and the realization that we're all sinners too. We need Jesus and the gospel every bit as much and as bad as everybody else. And even if you are today a Christian, you still need the gospel every day. And I need it every day, desperately. I am not exempt either, just because I'm up a few steps from you guys. In verse 3, Paul goes on to remind them of this. So were we once. It's to remember this. It's, it's not about wallowing in the past it's not about staying there and not moving forward it's about to be to be reminded to remember it to increase our thankfulness of the grace he's given us and the grace he extends to us each and every day tim keller he says this 
This gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. Praise God. Because we are. We can't even see the depravity of our sin. We're not even aware of all of it. But at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus than we ever dared to hope. And this is why scriptures in James 5.16 tells us to confess our sins to one another. It can be such an encouraging thing. It can be such a load of lifting it off. Husband, do you have things you haven't confessed to your wife? Wife, you? Brother, sister, son, daughter. Mom, dad. Is there something that you have not confessed? It's why when we hear somebody's testimony, like we did on Mother's Day, and we hear about the past before Christ, and we hear about the transforming grace and power of the gospel in this person's life, and we hear about, they're not perfect today, but we hear they're on a whole different path, and there's purpose, and there's peace, and there's joy in amongst the suffering, in amongst the trial, like Brian talked about last week. It's why those things are encouraging to us. When we remember what and who we were before Christ, it also allows us to love others as God desires for us to. You see that person that's really annoying you right now? Guess what? God loves them too. They're an image bearer of God just like you are. Guess what? God's giving them air to breathe just like he's giving you air to breathe. So, our issue with them, is it more about them or is it us? Is it our own pride and our own issues that keeps us from being able to interact with people or being able to humbly forgive somebody? Or is it really them? We can only control and change us. God's responsible for them. Again, we need to preach these things to ourselves on a regular, daily basis. David in the Psalms said that over and over and over, talking about how his soul is in turmoil, his bones are brittle, and then yet I will praise you, Lord. Yet I will seek you, Lord. In verse 4, it says, But when? But when? Here's the critical, here's the critical change in this passage. Here's the, here's the insertion of Christ. The goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. Have you, have you paused and meditated on that since Christmas? This should be something we pause and meditate on on a regular daily basis, not just at Christmas. The mercy and loving kindness of God for him to just show up on earth and be born. To be in a womb. To go through the birth canal of a woman. A human being that he created. 
and to grow, to be a baby like Nolan, who is 100% dependent on his parents for everything right now. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was 100% dependent in his earthly form on Mary and Joseph. What mercy, what loving kindness that he would, he would do that. Man, if I was God, I'd be like, no, nah, insert me. I'm going to be king of everything. I'm going to have everything. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not him. Praise God. But have you stopped and meditated on that in a while? Have you preached that to yourself as you read through his word and the scriptures, as you spent time in prayer? In verse 5, he saved us. He saved us. Preach that to yourself. He saved us. Not because of our works or anything we've done or anything we will do. Hallelujah. Does anybody in here mess up? If you say you don't, you're lying. I'm just, out of kindness and love, I just have to speak the truth to you. (laughs) We all do, don't we? We all absolutely do. And it's not dependent on our works, our salvation. It's dependent on his work. Wow, that should just, whatever you got going on in your life, it should just, that should just fall off right now. That should just fall off. Like, our van is still vacationing in Florida. That should just fall right off me right now. You know, we got back. It's okay. We got out of there before the storm hit. You know, there's so many mercies. We broke down right by a dealership that could look at it, who had a connection with a rental car place. You know, there was so they, were, they weren't closed. It was 4.15. We had 45 minutes to get it to him. <laughs> there were so many mercies, even in the frustration of our van still being in Florida. God's got it. He's got it worked out on what's going to happen next with it. And there are far more things going on, far more stressful things going on in, in lives in this room. I know that. A vehicle can be a frustrating thing, but it's a trivial thing compared to kingdom issues, relationships. But when we are preaching to ourselves and meditating on God and his work on the cross and in not being dependent upon my ability or your ability to do the right thing, those things should fall off. We should have a new perspective. In verse 5, it says, continuing on in verse 5, it it goes on by the washing of regeneration. And the washing of regeneration here, this word means new birth. New birth. And then the renewal of the Holy Spirit, it's a complete change for the better. A complete change for the better. It's interesting is that this word renewal of the Holy Spirit, it's only used one other time in the New Testament the original Greek word here. And it's used in Matthew 19, 28, when Jesus is talking to his disciples. And 
and when he sang the renew of all things, when he will be sitting on the glorious throne. So Paul is saying that, that our salvation, because of mercy, because of grace, the regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit in us is going to be like a new birth, all things new. Like when he is sitting on his throne. And this time and this season is over. And we are with him in perfect relationship. In verse 6, it goes on and says that whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, meaning the Holy Spirit. Did you guys know that elsewhere in scriptures, Jesus references the Holy Spirit as the helper in the Gospel of John? Anybody here on Mother's Day when we talked about that Adam needed a helper? Jesus sending helper, the Holy Spirit. Again, just wanting to reemphasize the value of women. But most importantly, Christ, his work on the cross, him sending the Holy Spirit to be with us here each and every day so that when we wake up in the morning, we can preach the gospel to ourselves. Moving on, verse 7. We need to be heirs of Christ. Heirs of Christ. To what? To eternal life. And, and it doesn't just say eternal life. It says the hope of eternal life. The hope of eternal life. When you have hope in something, <clears throat> doesn't that change your outlook? Doesn't that change your perspective and your mindset? When there is hope in something? I mean, even something like, hey, I'm really excited to go to this concert. I'm really excited to go to this ball game. Or I'm, I'm really excited about these people coming over this week and, and grilling for them and, and different things like that. And those are good, fun things to be hopeful about. But this should trump all of that. The hope of eternal life. The hope of being pure. Of not wrestling with that sinful nature that's in us still every day. The hope of every tear being gone. Every van running perfectly. Every fence never needing mended or fixed. Right, Tony? (laughs) Every assignment at work going perfect. Every meal never being burned. Every fill in the blank. In our future, the hope of eternal life. So, where is your hope placed right now? What are you preaching to yourselves? What am I preaching to myself? On a regular, daily basis, when, when suffering and trial comes, when the frustrations of of life hit us. When we wake up in the morning, what is our first thought? Well, for those of us who are believers, what is it that we need to be reminded of about the gospel this morning? Is it, is it the reminder that this isn't about us? 
It's about him. Is it about remembering that it's his righteousness that saves us and cleans us, not our works? Are you trying to work your way there? Are you trying to please God with your works? Maybe it's a reminder about how judgmental we can be towards others. In our own hearts, in our own thoughts, in our, in our words, in our actions. And we forget that they are image bearers of God. That he is either saved already because they've surrendered their life to him or they haven't yet. And Lord willing, they will. You see, when we, when we quit looking at other people and their, and their issues and their flaws and we start looking deeper into their core, into their heart, into their soul, if you will, we're really just boiled down to we're, we're either saved or we're not. And we can drill it down into that. A lot of the, a lot of the things fall off about that person. A lot of the flaws If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're not sure, are you stuck in the same cycle of waking up every day going, what, am, what is his purpose? Why? The futileness of life without purpose or meaning? And there can be purpose and meaning and, and being a mom or a dad or, or having a job and contributing to society and community. But that ends. And deep down, you know that. Deep down, you know that's going to go away. Our health will fail. We can get laid off or fired. We cannot do enough good works to keep everybody satisfied around us. And at what point, at what time are you going to say, finally, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I cannot do this on my own. I'm done with it. I don't see how life's worth it without him. I just don't. Life can be great, but this, life is too hard. <laughs> Call me weak if you want. <laughs> it's too hard to do it without Jesus. It's just flat out too hard. And so I'm here to ask you, would you, would you, would you surrender to him? Would you let him know that, yeah, I can't. I can't. And that's okay. In that place, in that time, saying that you can't and only he can is a time and a place where you will experience a freedom and a joy and a peace that you've never felt before. And like Brian talked about last week, you're signing up to suffer I'm not going to put this smooth sail switch on this and say life's just going to be cozy, easy, go and put it in cruise control till he calls you home. No, 
<laughs> it doesn't work that way. Because he loves you too much to let you just go into cruise control because he wants to reveal more of himself to you. He wants you to trust him so he's going to let you go through things he hates. He's going to let you go through those things so that you will trust him more and grow. Like, well, Matt, why would I want to sign up for that? Well, because he created you with a hole in your life, in your heart. And only he can fill it. And you will search, and you will roam, and you will grasp, and you will realize that life is futile without it. You will never be satisfied. Look around you. Look at yourself. Take an honest look at yourself. If not, even believers will... We'll, we'll stray a little bit and we start trying to find things that, that feel good and satisfy us and distract us for a season. And we know, we know that being back with him is the only place that we can be to find true peace, true satisfaction so that even if your house is sold and you're going to be homeless in 29 days like we are, your van's still vacationing in Florida and, you know, there's several other things I'm not going to go into here on the platform that's going on in our lives that are even more significant than that. We can still go, it's okay. Because God's got this. And it doesn't mean we don't sometimes go, are you kidding? <laughs> it doesn't mean we don't laugh hysterically while we're driving home yesterday. Just going, what else can we do but just laugh? You know, I'm, it doesn't mean that you don't have those moments. But at the end of it all, when we process the emotions and, and, and my wife and I are laughing to each other as, as all of our kids are, are like this with stuff <laughs> in our rental car on the way back for 10 hours yesterday, <laughs> I was like, thank you, Lord, I get to drive because I have leg room, you know? <laughs> but <clears throat> we still stop and just go, God's got this. He's got this. We're just along for the ride. And at some point, we're going to get to look back and go, wow, do you see how he worked? Do you see how he broke down a mile from a dealership? Do you see how our house sold at just this time and the inspection went this way and the offer was this? And it's just, there's so many mercies. There's so many mercies with it of him working. And I'm not tweeting our own horns here, but, but when you're preaching the gospel to yourself, you can see those mercies in the hard things. You can see them when your kids are literally making you want to rip your hair out of your head and make them eat it. <laughs> I didn't say that. Don't do that. <laughs> Scratch that from the audio. <laughs> Guys, God is, God is good all the time. Would you say that with me? God is good all the time. Amen. So this morning, as I finish up here, if you're unsure if he's really that good, if you're, if you're questioning that, or if you want to know how good he is, please grab me. If somebody's talking to me or whatever, and we're not praying together, just tap me on the shoulder and say, let's talk. 
because I'm going to interrupt that conversation to get with you, okay? Or Tony, right over here, would love, love. He got to do that this last week in Las Vegas, of all places. Lead somebody to Christ at a conference he was there. Yes, praise God. Praise God. And there are other guys, the guys that grabbed the offering, that if you have questions, Kurt in the back there, raising his hand. Please, Gary, red shirt, back here. Lots of, lots of men, women in this room who would love to share Jesus with you if you don't know him personally. Believers, be reminded. Preach to yourself tomorrow morning when you wake up. If you have to, set your phone notification. Preach the gospel to myself. That's the first thing you see. If you can't help but not grab that in the morning, do that. If you don't and you don't have a problem with that, write it on your bathroom mirror. Preach the gospel to myself today. Let me be reminded of that. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity during this week to pause, to reflect, to study your word together, to sing praises to you, Lord. God, we prayed this morning before anybody else got here that there would just be your presence, there would be your spirit here, Lord, that we would just have a spirit of humility before you and for others. And pray that that continues as we leave. Lord, that we go as one sent. That this isn't our thing that we've checked off for the week and, and we've done and we've accomplished it and we move on. But God, that we bring you into life the rest of this week. That, that our focus and our hearts and our minds are laser focused on who we should become for you and in you. And that as, as that becomes clear, that overflows into others around us, Lord. Maybe there's somebody we need to invite into our lives with us in that and disciple as we are growing. We don't have to know it all to invite somebody to journey with us. You've got that covered, Lord. You've got the knowledge and the wisdom. So Lord, I thank you for each person here. I thank you for you creating them. Lord, I thank you that you love them. You love them so desperately that you desire to be in relationship with them. Open their eyes to that, God, if, they, if their eyes aren't on you. Open.